All right, y'all, this is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is the place where your Second Amendment is protected as long as you got them facts. I have been going the past few days. I've been enjoying the holidays, getting my mind right, also getting some rest in. If, uh, between you and me, I feel great. I feel up and at them. Uh, I got some uh, new updates for, the, for this channel, uh, as well as what we got going on for tonight. As far as this channel goes, I will be having an Instagram profile by the end of the week so that's more of a way to interact with your boy if you already want to interact interact as is you can always hit me up on facebook at l jamal a johnny that's e-l-j-a-m-a-h-a-d-j-a-n-i of course you got the, the gmail account uh e-l-j butler 75 at gmailcourse.com of course i'm on snapchat as well that's just j butler so if you want to connect with me i'm around i'm looking of course course we're still pushing for YouTube uh, we're in the process so just keep working with me uh, for now though we're gonna get more consistent on here for the time being uh, I'm gonna get at least three uh, more maybe even four shows out to you guys a week and I pretty much feel as though I have a a schedule in line for how which and, and for how in which I want to do it so we're gonna get right into it like I said uh, I have been taking a few days off in terms of recording but not in terms of my research and not in terms of my reading not in terms of my note-taking so tonight we got quite an extensive show uh, we are gonna take a little bit of a, a we are gonna take a quick break right after this though uh, but we do have an in-depth show tonight I want to make up for the days that I've been gone we're gonna be going over of course the war on the street we have a, a few uh, quick news notes to go over of course uh internationally uh we're going to be going over the the uh excuse me the tsunami that hit indonesia uh last week we're going to also be talking about some u.s and china deals and also a, a new teacher's law in arizona so we're going to be going over the world on the street as of course and then we're going to be going over the college football action over the last couple of days uh new year's eve and then of course new year's day tonight uh we had the sugar ball rose ball though all those balls of course the ball game ball season of course are, are is wrapping up uh we're going to get into a season wrap season wrap up uh later on this week but for tonight like i said we're just going to go over the, the last couple ball ball games for the past couple of days i might even get into this some saturday and maybe some maybe some saturday weekend action as well for college football uh but i'm definitely going to get up and go over the nfl of course uh the scores from sunday a couple scores from sunday and we're going to talk a little bit of playoffs and like i said i got some mark i'm going to be talking about martavius brian of course two wide receivers and josh gordon two wide receivers that found themselves out of the league. I got three burning questions going into playoff time, of course, as I normally do. And uh, we're going to, of course, get into some college basketball a little bit later on tonight. Uh, scores and stats there, of course, New Year's Eve action, of course, New Year's Day action. As the same with the NFL. So, like I said, we got a chock full uh, Talk full show tonight. I'm also going to let you guys give you guys a little bit of rundown of what I got planned, uh, at least for the rest of the week and definitely for my uh, my next episode. So I will be right back uh, with the word on the street, y'all. 
all right y'all so we are back and like i said i'm gonna get into this war on the street and i'm gonna give you guys a little bit of up a little bit of an update on that tsunami and what caused it a couple weeks ago uh and uh the volcano that originally set everything off a nutcracker towel uh like i said it erupted uh, sometime a little bit before christmas and it led to the death of 420 people uh but as of now it has also collapsed within the last couple of days or so and it's one fourth of its original size the peak once stood at 338 miles it is now i'm sorry 338 meters it is now 110 meters uh course for uh, like i said along with the deaths of uh, 420 people on the islands of sumatra and also java 40,000 people were also displaced now um what's also being said what i've also found out which is very interesting it's a descendant of another infamous volcano the infamous Krakatau that uh, erupted in in the late 1800s, I want to say the 1880s, and that led to a global cooling period. So there's no, and this from as far as I know, uh, as far as I know, at least a, at least up to two to three days ago, smoke from that volcano and minor eruptions uh, from that uh, from that eruption, well, more minor eruptions were still going on. Um, and there's also was a soon another tsunami warning throughout that uh, region throughout that entire throughout the entirety of last week. So there's no um, well, we're still uh, well, I'm still learning of the the. the the major excuse me the major after effects so anything you know changes of course shifts uh i will let you guys know but according to now uh, well as of now everything is is slowly slowly getting right uh now i want to make a good habit of this uh, i know i'm I, I might not have gone deep into this with the California fires, but I'm definitely uh, want to get back into the habit of uh, having you guys or at least notifying you guys of ways you can donate or ways you can get involved. Uh, if it's a local tragedy, just so you guys know what's going on. And if you if you are that type of person, uh, go ahead and take the chance. Uh, but save the or uh, save the children org is a great site uh, to get involved in terms of donations and also uh, the Red Cross, as usual, uh, definitely a two reputable places and you know they're not going to give you no wishy-washy bs they actually help the people so moving on uh, we have another news bit here uh, the u.s and china are working to, on finalizing a new trade deal uh, the ideal goal at the moment for the u.s is to increase their current exports and also reduce chinese market regulations uh, china also worked to get a deal done uh, well china also uh, wants to get a deal done during their 90-day ceasefire period so at the moment they're not raising up tariffs against each other and uh, it looks like both sides are, you know, uh, looking forward to hashing something out. Uh, Trump has already been vocal about it, uh, you know, going to Twitter saying they had a long discussion. Uh, him and uh, the president of China, uh, Jinping, uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, but we all know. <laughs> uh, we all know how that goes, you know, when, Stump, when, when Trump starts to uh, get a little bit too into itself and his presence and all this but we'll see how it works out i definitely um well for one i do hope it works itself out so it doesn't escalate into something more uh you know economic or sanction wise or anything like that um, um for the most part i am happy uh that they're trying to do something positive even though the the lockout is continuing 11 days straight so we're gonna have to get into that the next episode a little bit later on uh down the line this week but 
for as long as it's going on, but we're definitely going to have to talk about that next. And finally, uh, my last bit of news here is the Arizona State Representative Mark Fincham has proposed uh, House Bill 2002, which will prohibit, prohibit teachers from discussing politics at schools. This would also po uh, prohibit political advocacy and also um, uh, was that religious advocacy of religious groups uh this this would also like i said yeah the uh, this group uh well basically this whole movement has been started by the oral oral valley board of republicans which is not surprising uh they're also uh pushing to set up a, a code of ethics uh if you will and it's gonna they're gonna start uh stamping out controversial issues now many of these controversial issues include of course immigration taxes guns and pretty much race you can add that in there race and probably uh sexual orientation and all that as well those would be controversial i would all deem that to be controversial in that type of state because it's conservative let's be honest here and they're pretty much anti-white blame which i don't believe in the white blame or the white guilt trip Either side of it, I think it's BS, not made by us, just made by, you know, just social engineers. So it's all BS. Uh, I think this is this is uh, retarded because how are we going to teach? How are kids going to be taught about government uh, when it comes down to high school? I don't understand. I don't see how they're going to understand the, the meanings of checks and balances. Maybe that's the whole point. Maybe that's the whole point is to make us stupid enough just to make us work at stupid jobs all day. So we don't get an education. We don't get a valuable education. Because I don't see how you uh, discuss or learn uh, certain aspects of this country or this situation if we're not talking about politics. Um, I'm not saying the I, I can understand the support of a certain uh, bill or a certain um, I, I guess a certain support for a certain candidate. I guess getting getting people to be you know getting involved into that aspect of it or picking and choosing uh, different sides. But I, I definitely think. If you prohibit all talk of it, it disrupts the learning of it, and we're not discussing it. We're not understanding it. The younger, uh, the younger people are not understanding it, and then therefore, since they're not even exposed to it, they give no interest in it. So why would they want to become a senator if they've been taught they like not to talk about it in school? Why would somebody want to run and be president if they were taught not to talk about it? That's retarded. I think that's kind of the plan. Uh, we might as well just keep these people retarded and they won't have, we won't have to worry about them trying to change anything. I think I have to look out for laws like that. Again, I'm, I, I understand uh, support over certain groups. I understand what that might be a problem. Uh, but, to dis, but to dissuade all talk, to dissuade all uh, interaction with it, I, I don't understand. I don't see how kids progress. I don't see how kids understand, again, ways this government works. It's a very it's a very strange law. I think it's you know again a result of uh, a, of a period in time where you start to see these political factions, these ideological factions, and um, it's a it's very different. Um, and I don't under I don't again I'm not uh, I'm not with silencing and censoring people's conversations. Again, I think that's a violation of the First Amendment, just like what what they would complain just like when they when conservatives got mad about them taking away taking away roseanne uh this is even more important because again this is on a school level this is how people are learning this is how a lot of us learn uh, it's from the school so if we're taking the conversation out of the school then where do we have these conversations i don't think a lot of people ever will have them thank you arizona for being retarded
again. I'm going to take another quick break and uh, we are, well, when I come back, we, I did want to give you guys the breakdown with the news and everything like that and uh, get into these sports, but uh, I wanted to talk some mess tonight and uh, being that it's the end of the holiday season, I wanted to settle the debate, well, at least I wanted to add my coins to the debate of Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. Is it important? Which one is more important? Should you give a damn? Well, I don't have an answer for the last one, but I'll answer the first few questions when I come back. All right, y'all. All right, y'all. So let's get into this. Now, like I said, holidays are just wrapping up and uh, we're going into another year. Now, one conversation I always get around this time of year or that I always hear. I'm not necessarily a part of it. I've never really staked my claim in this one. Uh, but there's this, there's a narrative that I hear sometimes on those wayward news, you know, channels or those wayward, you know, YouTube channels. You know, that's off the, I wouldn't say, you know, off the fringes, you know, uh, either neoconservative or whatever have you or somebody like me who claims to be moderate, whatever. And, um, you know, they get into the, the whole why don't we say Merry Christmas anymore? It's a war on Christmas. It's a war on this. It's a war on that. Happy holidays is a is a bastardized term. Really? That's strange. Because well, I mean if we if we look at the two terms, um we'll see that, you know, really well, let's just let's just use our brains here. Let's just use our brains real quick. When you say Merry Christmas, what are you saying? You're saying just what I said. Merry Christmas. Meaning, you know, I hope you have the good day, a good day on Christmas. I hope Christmas, you know, you get super amounts of presents and so on and so forth. Now, let's be real here. Christmas, according to a certain doctrine, the Christian doctrine is the the date of birth, although we can get at this what you know we've heard different, but I'm just saying according to you know what we do or what the uh, what the Christian doctrine may say was that he was that's his birthday, his day of birth was December twenty fifth. So first and foremost, should you only shouldn't you only be celebrating Chris, uh, Christmas if you're actually Christian? Out of hey, maybe that's throwing something out there. I mean personally. Should you be celebrating it? You don't celebrate. You don't celebrate Ramadan, do you? If you're not a Muslim, y'all don't celebrate Hanukkah. My, you know, if you're not Jewish, do you? Just, just throwing that one out there. But you know, but again, it's a world holiday. It's a popular holiday. One of the most popular holidays in the world. And so you know, people really partake. I have no problem with that. But you know, and so I have no problem really with the term Merry Christmas because people celebrate it. It's the most popular of them all. However, it's not the only one. I mean, there's, you know, countless different cultures on this planet. There's countless different people and, um, you know, people on this planet, races, if that's what you want to classify them. You don't have to classify them as that. But again, there's differences amongst all of us, right? Different traditions. Of course, we all know about Hanukkah. 
We know about Kwanzaa. We all know about different, I'm pretty sure, you know, in different countries in Europe, they all have their own celebrations. Pretty sure they got something going on in Africa. Maybe not this time, maybe not the exact day, but maybe somewhere in, in, the, month, in the winter months, whatever have you. But the point is, happy holidays is encompassing of all the holidays. Because not everybody is celebrating Christmas. What's the big deal? Get over it. Not everybody celebrates Christmas. Not everybody cares for Christmas. I personally stopped giving a fuck about Christmas a long time ago. I get, I stopped giving a damn about Christmas when I realized just how greedy people get when they start to need to buy stuff, when they got to go buy stuff. I started to see how people's attitudes are. Oh, well, I just, I want to be, I want to be with my family and I want to get home right away and I'm going to be mean to who's ever by me because I, I'm so much into my family. Fuck you, lady. Fuck you, sir. You ask me, I'm glad nobody asked me about my Christmas. I tell them like this, my Christmas spirit or my holiday spirit is at home waiting for me to link up with him so we can go smoke and enjoy it with my family and my friends. I don't even know half you people. So I don't really care about, oh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hell. It doesn't matter. No. The point is, the point is, we're celebrating something. That's the whole point. And both those terms represent that. If you celebrate Christmas specifically and you know other people that celebrate it, by all means, say that to each other. Who the hell cares? But not everybody celebrates Christmas. I'm not assu- I'm not assuming that, you know, some somebody that's from um, from India and is Punjabi would celebrate Christmas. I'm not assuming that right away. So I might say happy holidays. I'm not too sure if, if Jew certain. I mean, I don't know too many Jewish people who celebrate Christmas and in Hanukkah, although I've never asked, but does it matter? That's why you say happy holidays, so you can skip it. You don't have to break it down and say each individual. It's just a, it's just a blanket term. Get over it. We don't have to conform. This is not a Christian society, obviously, so stop trying to make us say certain things. Stop trying to make it make it about that. Oh, you're not. Oh, it's it's anti-Christmas. No. Nobody said F Christmas. Nobody saying the hell Christmas. I say the hell Christmas because I know it's corporate bullshit. But hey, if you're having fun, you're having fun. I, I have fun with my family. That's the most important thing. I don't need to give gifts or get gifts to be happy. You know, I like to eat and chill and not be bothered for an entire day. I love it. That's what I've always thought of Christmas as. Shoot. And when I find, you know, when we decide, my family decides to go out or I decide to go out, we can go hang out with friends or family. It's always good. I mean, what's the point? As long as it's said respectfully, as long as it's said with, it's, it's said with love or respect, what difference does it make whether or not somebody says Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Pac-Man Day? Does it, does it make a difference? Why why are we so caught up with with uh with making with with either racializing or religiousizing? I know I made that up. What what is our our problem with that? So what? I didn't say Merry Christmas. I'm not Christian. Da da da. There's plenty of people who are that are not. There's a lot of people who are not Christian. 
So why do they have to say Merry Christmas? I bet you they don't celebrate it. Again, it's it's all it's all it's a it's it, I feel like it's more of a way to define what is American. Oh, we're American. We're, we're Christmas, and we're and we're our yeah. And you're also racism. You're also discrimination. We could say that too. Y'all don't want to claim that though. But y'all want to make everybody worship Christmas and worship all your celebrities and buy into your your stuff. And and for another and for and for everybody who doesn't know, and I'm just gonna drop this now. Don't watch anything by PragerU. If you haven't heard about them, they're a scam. Don't don't listen to those boring conservative puppeteers. Don't listen to those guys or puppets rather. Don't listen to those guys. It's boring. Don't listen to anybody tell you. Don't 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 listen to somebody convince you what to say. I can say what I want. If I don't want to say anything, I don't have to say it at all either. That's what makes the holidays goofy and retarded to me. Y'all trip about the dumb shit. Just be happy that somebody likes your ass enough to buy you something. You know? That's that's what I'd be grateful for. Hell what they sell you. Did they did they look out for you and give you a call? Did you hang out with somebody? Those are the bigger questions on Christmas. Not, is there a war on it? Not, are people trying to disrupt it? No, nobody's disrupting it. There's multiple celebrations going on at the same time, and Christianity is not the most important thing in the world, neither is Christmas, or Christ for that matter. Sorry. Who cares about all that no more? Don't you see in the 21st century? Stop making things about Christianity and, and Islam and, and your religion and your sexual. We we put too much tri- we put too much trip on our personal life, and we want everything to accommodate to who exactly we are. It doesn't work. This is life. Not everybody is gonna be agree with you because you're Christian. Not everybody is gonna get along with me. Not everybody agrees with what I say. Do I have to live my life anyways? Yes. Does that stop me from pursuing happiness? But from pursuing a career? No. When I was younger, it used to bother me, but I didn't get over it. I'm like, forget it. Life goes on. We're in a new year. New year, new me, right? Well, new year, stop having this dumbass argument. Say one or the other and just be happy with it. There's no war on Christmas. There's no war on Christianity. Do what you want to do and stop tripping about what other people want to do. Period. On that note, I'm going to take another quick break. And uh, we're going to get into the sports segment, of course. We're going to start off with some uh, college football. We're going to go over these ball games over the past couple of days. So uh, we'll get right to it in a, in a little bit, y'all. All right, y'all. Let's get back into it. And we're going to go over some college football action, like I said, over the past couple of days. Let's go over what happened New Year's Eve. And let's start off with the military ball. Uh, Cincinnati was able to get that win against Virginia Tech, 35-31. to Next up, we got the Sun Ball. And Stanford is able to get it done to represent for the Pac-12. 14-13 uh, is the final there against Pittsburgh. In the Red Box Ball, 
Oregon got an ugly win against Michigan Michigan State seven to six. I know on offense it looks very ugly, but I've seen I've seen scores like this or I've seen games like this in the past where Oregon just could not do anything on offense. And when that usually happens, we usually get blown out. Any other time in history, we would have been blown out if we only put up seven points. I like what we've done defensively over the past uh, over the past season. Uh, we have a great uh, we have a great recruiting class coming in that's bringing a top pass rusher. Look for that defense to improve uh, next year. I like the win despite the score. Uh, moving on, we got the Liberty Ball. Oklahoma State was able to get it done against number 23, Missouri, 38-33. to And uh, we also got in the Gator Ball. Uh, we got NC State losing to number 19, Texas A&M. Texas A&M had a monster game, 52-13 to is the final score there. And finally, we got the Holiday Bowl. Uh, number 22, Northwestern, was able to get the job done against number 17, Utah, 31-20. Uh, Let's go over the, the scores for uh, that's the stats for that one. For Northwestern, they were led by Clayton Thurston, the third uh, Thorson, excuse me, through the air, 21 to 30, 241 yards. He also threw for two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, Isaiah Bowser had 70 yards on the ground, and wide receiver Riley Leafs had a touchdown on the ground as as well. Uh, and in terms of receiving, Ramud Chioka Bauman had 64 yards in the air, but uh, Trey Clock, the tight end, and also Riley least also caught touchdowns and on, on on defense they were led by uh linebacker patty fisher who had 13 total tackles and also a uh, defensive back travis Woodlock, who has seven total tackles and a sack. For Utah, they were led by Jason Shelley through the air. He went 27-35. He threw for two uh, two touchdowns, but he also threw for two interceptions. He also ran for 50, uh, sorry, 39 yards on the ground. Uh, as far as receiving goes, um, we have Jalen Dixon, who had nine total catches, 114 yards. He also scored a touchdown. And on defense, uh, their defensive back, Carrion uh, Ballard, had 10 total tackles and a sack and linebacker Cody Barton had eight total tackles. A couple takeaways from this game, uh, Northwestern had an explosive third quarter. They were down big, but they had tw- they scored 28 unanswered points and shut Utah out in the fourth. I like the way that they played. I did not expect them to just come alive like that offensively. I do like the way that they they play defense throughout the year. That being Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald is a great defensive-minded coach. Uh, they just always seem to lack the offensive firepower. Like again, this is a team like I've talked about a few times. Uh, I saw them earlier this year versus Michigan. Saw them just get beat in the last quarter just because they just simply couldn't score. They, they played solid defense, uh, but they just couldn't score. But with that being said, I don't think. I'm not even too sure if any of these teams are going to be relevant next year for Northwestern. They got to go with a go through a revamped uh, Big Ten. I know Michigan is going to be in there pretty solid, despite them losing this weekend big time. Uh, Ohio State, even though they're losing Urban Meyer, they'll still be locked in to be a favorite. Uh, Michigan State looks to be decent coming into next year. Um, so. There's a lot of fucks going on in that conference. A lot of a lot of teams going up and down. I'm not too sure Northwestern carries over their success uh, this year. As far as Utah, same thing. Oregon's looking a lot better in the Pac-12. So is U- USC. U- UCLA is still a wild card. Uh, so there's 
and Stanford still is a good team out there. And then you also got Washington, who can always challenge, uh, make it to a, a top ball game every year. So, I again, both of these teams, I don't know how great they'll be. I don't think they'll be that great next year, uh, in my opinion. But this year, uh, they both finished with winning records. They both finished at 9-5. and five. Uh, But moving on to today's action, there was a there was some action. There was some there was a good slate of ball games today. I will definitely say that very entertaining ones. Uh, but it started off with the outback ball, number eighteen, Mississippi State got it got it done against Iowa, twenty two to twenty seven. Uh, we got in the Fiesta ball, uh, number eleven. LSU was able to get it done against UCF, uh, number eight in the nation. Uh, that LSU won that game 40 to 32, handing UCF their first loss in uh, about 25, uh, about 25 games, something like that. Actually, yeah, about 25 games. Uh, but with that being said, uh, UCF played a hell of a game. Uh, UCF uh, was did have a lead at some point, did go down by a significant margin, and was able to rally off uh, a good comeback. And without their starting quarterback, I have to give them some props here. They did not. They they came, they showed up and uh, played like they wanted some respect. And I think they're going to get some eventually on the national scale. I think UCF is just might be the team that might crack this open and make it an eighth. 18 playoff. I'm hoping that they do next year. I hope, hopefully, their success carries over. But moving on, we got in the Citrus Ball, number 14, Kentucky getting it done against number 12, Penn State, 27 to 24. And I personally like this game because I personally have uh, become a fan of Kentucky football. Uh, this they've made a great turnaround uh, over the past uh, over the past year even uh like i said they got that win 27 to 24 let's go through the stats of this one terry wilson junior led the wildcats through the air 9 of 15 121 yards he also had 29 yards on the ground uh, but benny snell junior he had 26 carries 144 yards and also two touchdowns uh, in terms of receiving uh, lynn bowden also had well he had five catches 84 yards he also had a punch return for a touchdown and on defense they were led by one of my favorite linebackers i like his name and i like his style of play cash daniel eight total tackles in a sack and also their other linebacker josh allen all over the place four total tackles and three sacks uh they had six total tackles as a team moving on to penn state trace mcsorley he went 17 of 33 he had two touchdowns but he also threw for an interception he was the team's leading rusher with 75 yards and he also ran for a touchdown so trace mcsorley can ball moving on to the receiving deandre tompkins led the way he had four catches for 74 yards and uh tight end patrick uh uh, Fryer moved and Nick Bowers also caught t- touchdowns. Uh, we and on defense, li- uh, linebacker Micah Parsons led the way with 13 total tackles and safety Garrett Taylor. He also had 10 total tackles. For, so a solid game uh, from both teams defensively. I think UK just had a little bit more to tank and just a little bit more to offer, I guess, on offense and just making plays in general. But uh, some game notes that I that I t- Game takeaways that I got uh, from this one, uh, starting off with Kentucky, they got they have speed, they can run the ball, and they had defense and spades in this one. They have some SEC, they have true SEC speed. They might not have the size, but they're a lot sleeker than a lot of these teams that can get to the quarterback really efficiently. They can 
uh, uh, cover corner. Uh, their cover corners are really good, and their receivers can make plays on the outside as well. They can run the ball, like I said, Benny Snell Jr. Benny Snell Jr. Excuse me, he is officially the school's all-time leading rusher. He has over three thousand yards. Really amazing season from him. Sixteen total, uh, sixteen total touchdowns. So he's one of the one of the sleepers uh, out there in terms of college football. Uh, if he comes back next year, I th- actually I think he's a senior. If he if if he is a junior and does come back, he'll definitely be a Heisman candidate. Uh, but like I said, they are also a sleeper, in my opinion, in SEC next year. But the improvement starts at quarterback. Terry Wilson is going to have to step his game up. 9 of 15, 121 yards. He can definitely make some plays with his feet every now and again. But his arm is going to have to take them. He's going to have to... To, he's a sophomore. He's a sophomore. Uh, sorry, he's a sophomore transfer. But uh, within that, that next year, he's gonna have to take another step if Kentucky wants to wants to improve improve from where they're at right now, uh, which is at ten and three, which they can. They could probably challenge for that SEC, especially what I after what I saw tonight with Georgia. But uh, from some takeaways for ten, Penn State is to me they're an enigma. I don't know what their identity is since uh, Saquon Barkley left. Obviously, Trace Masorley led all leading led all rushers, which is not always the best sign. Uh, but with that being said, Trey uh, Trace Masorley can play. Uh, obviously, two hundred forty six yards. He did throw for a couple of touchdowns, and you know, overall, he was one of their biggest factors on offense throughout the game. And they can light it up on defense. They can hit very well. Again, like I said, Michael Parsons and also Garrett Taylor were all over the place making good hits just as much as the uh Kentucky defense just the Kentucky defense made a lot more crucial plays uh they got it they had a black punt earlier in the game and just overall as a team Kentucky made more plays again they brought home they brought a inter uh, they had a sorry they had a punt return for interception and they ended the game after giving up a few touchdowns to Penn State late they ended the game on a fumble recovery so that defense out there in Kentucky is not nothing to play with and I really respect that team uh they're looking to be my favorite team next uh well they're not my favorite team but they're looking at they're they're gonna be one of the teams that i like going into next year uh but uh but wrapping up here we got the rose ball score here number nine washington wanted to make a comeback but couldn't get it done against number six ohio state they go down in that game 28 to 23 and finally like i said we got the texas georgia game in the sugar ball uh Texas pulled off the upset in that one. I I personally picked Georgia. Uh, I definitely uh, like the way Georgia has been playing. Uh, but uh, Texas was able to get that done. 28 to 21 is the final score there. Uh, n- number 15, Texas moves on to 10 and 4. Number 5, Georgia moves on to 11 and 3. Let's go through the stats in this one. Sam Ellinger led Texas through the air. He had he went 19 to 27, excuse me. He had three rushing touchdowns and also 64 rushing yards. Uh, but the leading rusher for them for the Longhorns would, would be Trey Watson. He had 91 rushing yards. In terms of re- uh, receiving little Jordan Humphrey, he had se- uh, seven catches for 67 yards. And on defense, uh, they were led by linebacker Gary Johnson, who had five total tackles and a sack. Uh, 
Uh, for Georgia, they were led by Jake Fromm. He uh, he went 21 to 35 uh, for 224 yards. He threw three touchdowns, but then he threw a late interception. Uh, Elijah Holyfield, yes, Evander Holyfield's son. He had 61 yards on the ground. And DeAndre Smith, uh, the running back, he also had a recover uh, receiving touchdown. As far as receiving, though, uh, the leading receiver was Riley Ridley. He had five catches and 61 yards. Also, the backup running back, well, another backup running back, Brian Herrien also caught a touchdown as well. And on defense, Devontae uh, Wyatt led the way for them. He had seven total tackles and one and a half sacks. Uh, again, a couple takeaways from this one. Again, I'm just so shocked that Texas came to play. But if anything, it's a uh, it's a testament to Sam Ellinger. He's a baller. Uh, he was in on uh, what I mean. He couldn't do it with his arm in this game, uh, but definitely was able to do it with his legs. Uh, he's an all star caliber player. Um, but again, Georgia comes up short in a big time game. Again, uh, they came up short in the conference championship game in Alabama, and uh, they came up short in this one. And Jake Fromm, you know. For what it's worth, as good as he looks, uh, well, as good as these numbers would tell you, uh, that one interception really messed up the game for them, screwed up for them. And again, I don't see a whole lot of balance from them, only 61 yards from their top rusher, so not a whole lot of balance from them. And uh, their top receiver uh, was not able to score a touchdown, so uh, there's some there's some changes uh, that I feel that could be made with Georgia. Uh, they definitely uh, need to. I think they're gonna next year. They're gonna have to need to run the ball, run the ball a lot more effectively, especially in these uh, these pressure situations. But defensively, they did come come to play. Uh, they were able to get the, get to the quarterback a couple times, uh, force Ellinger out of the pocket a lot. Ellinger made had to make a lot of plays on the run but he looked good doing it so uh, again texas get it, gets it done and uh they finished the year on a high note they're looking at they're looking at going to 2019 to to steamroll uh maybe uh you know up until maybe that oklahoma game but they're looking to steamroll next year in 2019 but we're going to take another quick break and when we come back i'm going to go over some nfl news uh i forgot to mention that there was a coach firing uh we're going to be going over that marvin lewis situation and like i said we're going to be going over some uh, antonio brown we're going to talk a little bit about mark tavius bryant both of those guys are out of the league a cautionary tale to say the least and then we're going to wrap everything up there uh we're going to get into some playoff just talk a little bit of playoff action uh what to expect uh we got the seedings here you know we uh we got all the action from over the weekend wrapped up so i might even like i said i might even go over a couple games as well but uh with that being said i'll be right back y'all all right y'all so let's get into this nfl news here let's get into the the, the freshest story here and uh marvin lewis has been fired from the Bengals out there in cincinnati after 16 years now he had a record of 131 and 22 and 122, which is the best record in franchise history. However, for the past couple of years, they've been finishing at the bottom of the NFC North, and they've missed the playoffs for the past three years. Uh, they reached the playoffs, however, in seven seasons and won four divisional titles. But it's almost like um, "What have you won for me, Dan? Won for me now?" type situation. So, uh, although uh, they've had some success. Even with that success, though, like I said, they've won four titles, uh, divisional titles, titles, but they've never been passed to full, the first round. So, with that being said, you know, with you know, we know the best that they could do was the first round of playoffs. Was 
you know, at best, a divisional playoff round exit. And so when you add that, you know, you and you couple that with a recent history of not even qualifying for those playoffs and just being there, being the main, you know, the main, you know, the main guy in charge for so long. Uh, it would only make sense, but it's in my opinion. It's I wouldn't say it's too little, too late. It's just really way too late. I mean, they could have done this uh, six years ago. Uh, he he was not gonna get you past the first round six years ago. That was his that was his peak as a coach. Uh, was the first round, and I I feel that. You know there was some loyalty there probably, and there could have just been ignorance on how to on how to look for a new coach on part of ownership. In my opinion, it could have just they or they couldn't, you know, hold themselves to do it. And maybe you know maybe just going to the playoffs and having that playoff berth is just enough for those guys. But any GM, any owner really worth his salt, really wanting to put the best football team forward. Would not have somebody like Marvin Lewis, Marvin Lewis uh, coaching that team for 16 years. Uh, at this point in time, of course, they got age and injury issues at the quarterback position, um, in quarterback and wide receiver position, as well as linebacker and defensive uh, line. Uh, with the quarterback position and Andy Dalton and their top receiver, AJ, uh, sorry, AJ Green, are both coming off a of season-ending injury. So. They haven't they haven't touched the field, uh, you know, they at, at any point past a certain past a certain week this season, uh, so you have to deal with that. They'll be coming back from injuries. They're both in their early thirties. Um, on the linebacker side, Vontez Burfick, uh, he has suffered his seventh concussion at this point this season, and then on the defensive end, you got Geno Atkins, who's reached a thirty-year mark. So you got some age on that team. You got some injury uh, concerns at some very vital positions, and it doesn't look like that team is going to turn around. So I mean, of course, they made the they made the obvious move, but again, I think they could have they could have made that move. Yeah. Like I said, at least at least two two or three years ago, in my opinion. That's just me. That's just me. Uh, but moving on, uh, like I said, I wanted to talk a little bit about these two receivers, uh, Mr. Martavius Bryant and Josh Gordon. Uh, they both had their ups and downs in this league. They both had similar issues, so I wanted to talk about them just a little bit. Uh, Martavius, uh, Martavius was recently suspended by the NFL indefinitely, so that means he cannot come back. Uh, he violated the, the terms of his conditional reinstatement. Uh, he had been signed to a one-year contract with the Raiders, and uh, but he did sit out the, two the 2016 season for previous violations. Now, the thing with Josh Gordon is he's decided to give up football entirely. However, he had made multiple violations himself, uh, that with being with marijuana and looks like with other drugs as well. And the thing about these guys is, you know, they both had the same, they both got caught up with the same uh, bias of choice, choice, which, of course, is the Mary Jane. Uh, if you don't know too much about these players, uh, I think they were more, both marginally good. I think Josh Gordon, of course, had the bigger upside. But, of course, uh, you know, they both, you know, were, more, like I said, marginally good. Uh, they had they had 
you know, points in their career in which they show greatness, especially on the college level. Uh, but on the pros, you know, they got exposed to a certain thing. So they didn't look that, they, I mean, they weren't bums, uh, especially in the case of Josh Gordon. He wasn't a bum, uh, but he couldn't get his, his act together. Uh, but that's where the that's where the similarities kind of end with them. If you know a little bit about about these players, uh, I'll go into a little bit for you guys. Uh, Martavius, you know, I think in his situation, it was just a vice for him, uh, something he he got caught up in. Because I I think he, I mean, he always had uh, NFL talent. I think, but from the get go, you know, for him, he was gonna be that guy that got outworked by you know whether it be Antonio Brown or Juju Smith Schuster. Just he, you know, he had a lot of talent, uh, but again, you know, he didn't always, from what I'm, from what I've researched, he wasn't necessarily a, a practice head. He wasn't somebody that was diligent to the game. And when you add, you know, him being a pothead, I think it would be hard for a team to, teams to want to commit to him. It makes perfect sense to me. Uh, again, uh, he got outperformed in his college days at some point by DeAndre Hopkins. And like I said, again, in the pros, you know, it was Juju Smith-Suster who eventually took his number two role. Uh, he could have, I mean, and there was always, there was always the thought that he could have been a number one receiver. But again, it never really came to fruition. And I'm not saying marijuana had a part to do with that. I'm not saying that. And I think there's a tendency to make th that people will say, well, marijuana makes you lazy. No, marijuana makes you not ambitious. No, I think people are already unambitious and the people already are lazy and don't want to put in the work regardless. Marijuana might enhance that, but it certainly doesn't make you like that already. It doesn't make you like that. I mean, if you're already like that already, then again, like I said, it'll enhance it it'll make you really not want to do anything but you know again it's not first of all it's, they can't do it and uh, they violated the rules and they weren't supposed to do it and there's no real excuse for it uh, with Josh Gordon uh, his situation uh, was always a little bit different he grew up on the rough side of tracks uh, he was already smoking weed in high school also doing lean and all type of stuff he was running to people's houses. He was a he was a he was a hard head, and uh, for him, I think drugs with him uh, was one of those escape type situations. His situation again differed from Martavius. There, he had a very tough off uh, off the off the field upbringing. So, and it's eaten, and I've you know been around that mentality. I've been around those people, and I've been. You know, the type of person who to not want to care. And I necessarily I'm running to people's houses, but I'm not doing a whole lot to put myself forward. So it's easy to get caught up in drugs as an escape at that point. It's easy to get caught up in drinking and whatever else he was doing. Uh, but eventually he got his stuff together, uh, finished his career out at Baylor. Uh, that's where he went to school. And again, he went and got drafted in the NFL. And even from the get-go, he, again, same thing with Martavius, almost instantly being in the league, getting caught up with the marijuana. And again, these are harsh. These are stiff rules made by the league. I don't know, you know, what science they're using, but maybe they don't need to. That's their that's their thing. That's their uh, choosing. And uh, that's what the league wants to do. And the league has the right to not pay you. So unfortunate as it is, uh, as, as benign as we, we might think weed might be, we just can't, you can't do it and play in, in the NFL. Uh, but what, what, what uh, the cold part about Josh Gordon is, again, I mentioned before, he did have a higher ceiling and far more potential 
than your boy Martavius Bryant. Uh, just for the just for the stats that he was able to put up so far in this season, uh, he put up 40 catches uh, for 730 yards uh, for three touchdowns, which led the team over that period of time. I think he was on that team for about six or seven weeks, but. You know, he can only last six or seven weeks. And that's and when you you can only last on an NFL team or, you know, yeah, if you can only last on an NFL team for about six or seven weeks, knowing what you've been through, and, you know, maybe you do have significant problems. Because, uh, you know, weed is not that much of a – weed is not an addictive drug to the point where you can't focus on an NFL career. I know people that can give up weed just to work a regular job. So – you know, there's a lot more to it, of course, in his situation, Martavius' situation. I think he, he in, in in his regard, maybe he just didn't give a damn, uh, quite frankly. But in Josh Gordon's situation, it's a lot different. A lot of more stress stress factors related to him, and um, but it's a tragic case, uh, regardless for both of them, and um, it's a it's a shame. It's really a shame. Uh, finally, my last bit of note, uh, bit of news here for the NFL is Justin Herbert, uh, the sophomore quarterback out of Oregon, actually the junior quarterback out of Oregon, has decided to return to school next season for his senior campaign. He was projected to be the number one quarterback in the draft. It looks like that place will be given up to either Will Greer, Will Greer out of West Virginia, Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State, or Daniel Jones out of Duke. Uh, he's currently 6'5". He stands at 6'5", excuse me, 215 pounds. Last season, he went, uh, he threw for 2,985 yards, uh, 28 touchdowns and 8 interceptions. I think what got him to think again about going into the draft was his 59.6 completion percentage. And looking at him during the course of the year, he wasn't as accurate as he has been in, in previous seasons. So I kind of respect that decision. Uh, but so far through his career, he's thrown for 6,904 yards, six, uh, uh, sorry, 62 touchdowns, 17 interceptions with a completion percentage of 62.7. So as you can see, his overall completion percentage is better than last year. So I think he wants to feel comfortable uh, if he decides that he's going to eventually do that. Uh, of course, you know what they say about people you know, waiting that senior year, seeing that senior year through, they all it something always goes wrong and they don't end up fulfilling that pro prophecy as they would say. Uh but moving on, of course the playoffs are uh are set up and of course they start this weekend, uh Saturday to be exact. Um I'm gonna go through some power rankings real quick. My last power rankings for this well well, at least, yeah, for the season, uh, I wanted to get this together for the playoffs specifically. Um, now, yeah, let's just get right into it. At number seven, I got Baltimore. They're currently standing at nine and six. Uh, I like the way that they play offensively with Lamar Jackson. I think he still has some room, uh, room for improvement, uh, but they are a sneaky team. There's not, uh, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of uh, uh, um, sorry. There's not a lot of film on them offensively, so there's not 
a lot that you can prepare for right away for them. Uh, but as long as Lamar Jackson improves, that team improves. At number six, we have the Seahawks at nine and six. They fought and clawed their way into the playoffs. They are dangerous. I think Dallas, they are on upset alert. I don't see Dallas getting past the first round again. Not against a team that's as good and as balanced as Seattle is at this moment. I do not like the way uh, the Cowboys played last weekend at home against the it's the Giants without Odell Beckham Jr. They look to be very suspect on defense, and that was supposed to be their calling card. I didn't like it. At number five, we have the Texans. Uh, again, they're, they're at 10 and 5 right now, but through the course of the last couple of weeks, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm fully convinced. I feel like if they were 11 and 5, I would have messed with it. Uh, I'm sorry, if they were 12 and 4, I would have been very comfortable with it. Now, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to see them. I'm gonna have to see them through. Uh, see them. See what they do. At number four, I have the Bears. They are at twelve and four. They pulled it off. They look to be very dominating on defense. I don't. I, I don't know who really wants to to catch them at home. Uh, there's not too many teams that want to travel to Chicago at this time of year. I like the way they look. At number three, uh, I got the Saints. Uh, they are at 12-4. and four. Of course, uh, they won their division. But that last game against Carolina, they did sit Drew Brees. It just looked to be ugly. I didn't like it. So I'm going to give them some, some negative points for that. Uh, at number two, uh, this is number two and number one. Uh, of course, we already know it's going to be Kansas City and, and L.A. I really don't. Uh, can't distinguish between the two teams. They both, uh, they both won last week. They both had the same record. Uh, again, I, I, mm, of course, they're gonna get. They, they gave Casey the nod to win a division. So I guess I have to go with San Diego here at, at number two, or LA here at number two. The Chargers looking great, in my opinion. They did have a slip up uh, against the. The Baltimore a couple weeks ago, but they do have a veteran quarterback. They have a solid running game. They're running back. They're running back. They started running back. Melvin Gordon is healthy, and they got hitters on defense. So again, that's a team that I'm looking forward to see because I don't. I don't know uh, how they. I don't know how they're going to perform in the playoffs. I have not seen them in the playoffs at this caliber just yet. And number one, of course, we have Kansas City. <sighs> You know, they made it. They they won it out by default. They had to play the Bears week 17. Of course, they got that easy victory. I'm not buying that defense to save them. They better be scoring 60 points. They have to have a 60-point game if they want to make the Super Bowl. They're going to have to score 60 points in one game. Mahomes going to have to throw for seven seven touchdowns in a game for them to make, make the Super Bowl, in my opinion. I, I don't trust that defense, but I will get in them one spot because – of course, they uh, look to have the best record going into the playoffs. I will tell you that. And they they won. They won it last week. And they dispatched the Raiders pretty easily. Uh, three questions going into – well, three questions to end the year and going into the playoffs. Uh, well, who was the best quarterback in the draft right now? Of course, uh, with Justin Herbert going out, uh, we got Will Greer and Dwayne Haskins. We also got Drew Locke out of uh missouri i did not bring him up earlier there's a few names to throw out there uh, i just wanted to get y'all i just wanted to get y'all opinion uh, 
I, I don't know about either one of these guys, but I, I definitely like Dwayne Haskins. He's a dual threat guy. Uh, I'm going to have to do some more homework about all these guys, in my opinion. But moving on, uh, my big, my next question is, who is the biggest threat in the playoffs? Uh, my answer to that, mm, I'm going to have to say the Bears. I've already stated it. Really good defense. They can run the ball. And if Trubisky can make some plays in the air, they're going to do something good. They're gonna, they're gonna, they might bring a title home. And uh, my final question is: Mike Tomlin gonna be used as a scapegoat in Pittsburgh? I hope not, because if that starts to go around, well, I think his job might, he might be, his might, his seat might be a little bit warm right now. Uh, but I don't really want to put the blame on him. There's a lot of factors there. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Antonio Brown later this week, but. I don't know if it's all his fault, though. He's a good guy. I don't know if I could really do that to him. <laughs> but moving on, I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, we're going to go over some college hoops. I'm going to go over the, the top 25 action, of course, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day scores, and then we're going to wrap it up with top 25, and then we're going to wrap it up with the NBA action. Uh, we're just going to go over the scores real quickly from uh, tonight, also the day before. So that's how we're going to wrap the show up tonight. We're going to try to get it done get this all wrapped up pretty soon y'all so i'll be right back all right y'all so i am back and like i said i was gonna go over some top 25 college basketball action over the past couple of days starting with new year's eve so let's get started with number four virginia who got it done against marshall the score here is 164 uh, marshall was led by their two guards john elmore and cj burks john elmore had 14 points and three assists and uh, cj burks had 11 points and four rebounds as you can tell it was a hard game for Marshall scoring. As for Virginia, though, Kyle Guy, their standout guard, had 30 points and 8 rebounds. Their other guard, uh, Ty Jerome, had 19 points and 4 assists. Uh, he also got 3 rebounds. And therefore, Jay Huff got 14 points, 8 rebounds. He also got an assist. Uh, Virginia, they stay undefeated at 12-0. and zero. Marshall moves down to 7-6. and six. Uh, Gonzaga, to wrap everything up for New Year's Eve, Gonzaga also got it done. Uh, they go to 13 and 2 on the season. Uh, they end up beating Cal State. Bakersfield. The score here is 89 to 54. Uh, for today, we got a we got a few games here. Uh, Florida State, the number nine team in the nation, was able to get it done against Winthrop, 87 to 76. Uh, we also got number 10 Virginia Tech getting it done against Notre Dame, 81 to 66. And uh, as for the as for the stats here, uh, Notre Dame was led by the guard Temple Gibbs. He had 19 points, two assists. They also were led by their guard, their other guard DJ Harvey, who had 16 points and seven rebounds. Also, their forward Nate uh, Lazowinski had 14 points for Virginia Tech. Uh, they were led by their forward Kerry Black uh, Blackshear Jr. Uh, he had 21 points. Four, uh, sorry, four assists and seven rebounds. They were also helped out by uh, their guard, Ahmed Hill. Uh, he had 10 points as well. And, oh, I'm sorry, uh, 15 points and five rebounds. Uh, for Notre Dame, they moved to 10 and four on the season. Uh, Virginia Tech, they stay within the top 10. Uh, they're, at, they're at 12 and one. And finally, in a big upset, uh, St. John's was able to get it done against Marquette. 89 to 69. Uh, let's go to the top 25 real quick. And number 25, we have Iowa. They're currently at 11 and 2. Uh, however, they won 
five games in a row. But with that being said, they're already 0-2 and two on conference play. Uh, but with that being said, they're a pretty balanced team. Uh, they're 28th on offense. Uh, they scored 83.2 points a game, and they have an offensive rating of of 115.2, which is best for which is good good enough for 26 in the nation. At number 24, we have Nebraska. They are at 11 and 2 as well. At number 23, we have Oklahoma, who is at 11 and 1. At number two, we have Wisconsin, who's currently at 10 and 3. At number 21, we have Indiana, who is 11 and 2. At number 20, we have Buffalo, who is currently standing at 12 and 1. At number 19, Houston is here they're still undefeated at 13 and 0 uh, we also have nc state here they are currently at 12 and uh, 12 and 1 excuse me but they do have two wins against top 25 teams uh, like i said they have a win against they have one at wisconsin they also have one against number 12 auburn early in the year uh, their conference play though their conference games uh, they start thursday against miami they're going to have to travel to miami and get a really significant game in my opinion uh, they're currently seven in scoring with 89.4 points scored a game. They're also 47th on defense with 64.8 uh, points of uh, 64.8 points allowed. Uh, now, like I said, they they're ranked at 47th, but that number 64.8 is pretty significant. That's a pretty low number. A lot of these teams uh, only. I mean that's a pretty that's a pretty good number on defense and a defensive rating is 87 which is good for 30 13th excuse me in the nation and their top score is senior guard Torn Dorn he has 50 he averages 15.6 points a game and 6.5 rebounds moving on we got number 17 Mississippi State they are at 12 and 1 at number 16 we have Marquette and number 15 we have UNC, aka North Carolina, and number fourteen we have Ohio State at twelve and one, and number thirteen we have Kentucky at ten and two, and number twelve we have Auburn, excuse me, at eleven and two. At number eleven we have Texas Tech, who is at thirteen and one. I'm sorry, twelve and one. At number ten we also have Virginia Tech, who is twelve and one. At number nine we have Florida State, another team who is twelve and one. At number eight we have Michigan State, who is eleven and two at number seven we got gonzaga who is 13 and two we just talked about them a little while back getting another win today uh actually yesterday and at number six we have nevada we have at 13 and 0 uh they are currently at six in the nation and number five we have kansas 11 and 1 and number four we have virginia who are still undefeated and number three we have tennessee they are at 13 and 0 number Two is Michigan. They are also 13 and 0. They have the well, their most notable win this year so far. It was eight. It was an 84 67, uh, 84 to 67 win versus North Carolina, who I said currently is the 15th ranked team in the nation. They are currently at two and O in conference play. They have one of the best defenses in in I'm sorry in college basketball right now. They only allow 55.1 points a game. Their defensive rate. Rating is at 83.7, which is good enough for fifth in the nation. So look out for the look out for Michigan. They don't score a whole lot. Uh, they score, I think they average about 71 points a game, maybe even 70. Uh, but they play really good defense. So look look for them to possibly, I'd say, to even win that that Big Ten conference. At number one, though, we have Duke. They are currently at 11 and one. They have won six in a row. They are five and zero against the top 25. 
five, they averaged ninety one point six points a game, which is tied for what, which is fourth in the nation. Uh, they have the thirteenth best strength of schedule, and they currently have uh, off. They're currently seventh in offensive rating, third in defensive rating. Uh, this is one of this is the best team in college basketball at the point at this moment. And uh they are led by their freshman forwards, uh, RJ Barrett, who averages twenty-three point eight points a game, six point eight rebounds, also three point eight assists, and we have also Zion Williamson, the big dog, nineteen point eight points, nine point four rebounds, and also two point three assists. So uh we're going to wrap things up here for college basketball. Let's get right into the NBA right now. We're going to go over the scores uh, from t- New Year's Eve. Let's go through those real quick. We got the Hawks beating the Pacers. We got the, sorry, the Pacers beating the Hawks 116-108. to The Hornets were able to get it done against the Magic 125-100. to The Rockets got it done against the Grizzlies 113-101. to The Spurs got it done against the Celtics 120-111. to The Mavs lose to the Thunder 102-122. to The T-Wolves lost to the Pelicans 120, I'm sorry, 114 to 125 and the Warriors got it done against the Suns 132 to 109 uh moving on to tonight's scores uh we got the uh sorry the Knicks beating the Nuggets uh 108 I'm sorry 108 to give me one second 108 to 113. We also got the Blazers beating the Kings 113 to 108. We also got the Clippers uh, losing. Oh, sorry. The Clippers beating uh, the Sixers. I'm sorry. The Sixers beating the Clippers 119 to 113. Uh, we also got the Blazers. Like I said, they won that game in overtime against the Pelicans. Uh, we also got the Jazz getting it done against the Raptors. Uh, sorry, the Raptors getting it done against the Jazz, 122 to 116. Also, the Bucks got it done against the Pistons, 90. I'm sorry, 121 to 98. Let's go to the standings right now. In the East, we got the Bucks on top, 26 to 10. At number two, we got the Raptors at 28 and 11. At three, we got the Pacers at 25 and 12. At four, we have the Sixers at 23 and four. At five, we have the Celtics at 21 and 15. At six, we got the Hornets at 18 and 18. At 7, we have the Heat at 17 and 18. And bringing up the rear at 8, we got the Pistons at 16 and 19. For the West, we got the Nuggets on top. Uh, They are currently at Sorry, they're currently at 24 and 11. At number two, we got the Warriors at 25 and 13. At three, we have the Thunder. They are at 23 and 13. At four, here come the Clippers, 21 and uh, 21 and 15. Uh, next, we have the Rockets at fifth place, 21 and 15 as well. We also got the Blazers at six. Uh, six. Uh, they are at 22 and 16. And we also got the Lakers bringing it up at number seven. 27 and 16 and the spurs are 21 and 17 all right y'all we're gonna call it a, a wrap for tonight for my next episode of course we're gonna go through the world on the street as usual uh for the nfl like i said we're gonna talk about the a b trade uh we're gonna, we're gonna also be going over some playoff uh matchups and we're gonna have a regular season wrap-up of course uh for college football we're gonna have a year and wrap up there as well going through all my awards uh going through the wars of the season some 
last minute awards, so on and so forth. Uh, we're also going to preview the national title, uh, the national championship game. Uh, for Kyle Troops, of course, we're going to be going over the top scores and whatever news comes about uh, between now and then. Also for the NBA, same thing, news and scores. I also have that in-betweeners review for you guys. Netflix show that I've been checking out recently. I have a review for that. Uh, also, I have... Mm, yeah, I think that's it for the next episode. Uh, but for now, I'll be calling it a wrap for tonight. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Thanks for listening to me once again. This is your man, El Jamal. And of course, this is Never Out of Bounds. And for tonight, I'm signing off.